Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. This morning, it's wonderful to be able to introduce again to you uh, our student ministries pastor, Pastor Isaiah. This is Generation Sunday. He's bringing the Word of God to us today. He has a word on spiritual warfare. Would you just let him know how much you love him and appreciate him and that he's here at All Nations in Tallahassee. Love you, brother. Love you too, man. Thanks, Pastor. Oh, good morning, church. How are you? I am excited to be here with you this morning. Um, online. Thanks for being with us. We love our online campus. Let's clap our hands for our online campus. Thank you so much for those who are with us and who get to do life with us and all of our partners. I believe that God is up to something. Can I get a show of hands if they believe the same thing? But I cannot be oblivious to, to let you know that the enemy, he's up to something too. Okay. Uh, we have to be vigilant. Um, you know, I, I think I was talking to my mom and you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's all, it feel like there's always something happening. You know, in the old church, the way I grew up, I grew up in the old church. The letters are C-O-G-I-C, Church of God in Christ. And they would tell you these things. Every time I turn around, every time I turn around, at some point in my mind, I'm like, you might want to stop turning around. Because every time you turn around, something is going on. Something is happening. But I believe that God is going to do something phenomenal. Um, let's pray. Father, I thank you for everybody who listens. I thank you for everybody that will watch. This morning and on the replay, Father, I just pray right now that you give us a heart of a lion today. Father, I thank you right now that you allow us to see the schemes and the wiles of the enemy. Father, I thank you right now that you give us tenacity and vigor. Father, give us a backbone. Come on. Father, I thank you right now that we won't bow to the ways of the enemy because things are not working. But Father, we will press closer to you. Father, we give this meeting to you. We give this time to you. And Father, we just say, do whatever you want. This belongs to you. And all the fruit that comes from it, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen? Amen. An elderly woman had just returned her home from an evening at church service when she was startled by an intruder. She caught the man in the act of robbing her home and, 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 and his valuables, and she yelled, Stop! Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ so that your sins can be forgiven. The burglar stopped in his tracks. The woman calmly called the police and explained what she had done. As the officer cuffed the man to take him, he asked the burglar, why did you just stand there? All the old lady did was yell a scripture to you. Scripture, replied the burglar. She said she had an ax in two 38s. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. It don't get better than that, right? It don't get better than that. Okay, since we're on the roll, I got one more for you. Is that okay? Okay, I feel like, why, why stop now? Okay, I'm getting hot. But it's not really a joke. This is just some cool things I, I like to do. It's 10 things, 10 fun facts. Number one, you can't wash your eyes with soap, right? Number two, you can't count your hair on your head. Doesn't matter how little you have. Number three, you can't breathe through your nose with your tongue out. Number four, you just tried number three. Number six, when you do number three, you realize it's possible, only you look like a dog. Number seven, you're smiling right now because you were fooled. Number eight, you skipped number five. Number nine, you just checked to see if there was really a number five that he mentioned. Number five. Number 10, give this to your friends so they can look like a fool too. Oh. <laughs> I see some of you did, he was like, 
want to start by talking about the attacks of the enemy. I, I understand that right now people are in the crossfire. One kingdom, another kingdom, and we're in the middle of this war. Somebody is fighting for your soul, your attention. You just like to say maybe you're an innocent bystander, like you're, 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 you're not of this world, you're from another world, and you're living in this world, but the enemy's after you, God is asking you for more, the enemy's trying to get your attention, and one thing is happening after another. If it's not your back, it's your money. If it's not your money, it's your body. If it's not your body, it's your family situation. Something is always happening seemingly, but I'm here to tell you, family, we are in a battle. You, I would go as far to say you are in the most difficult battle of your life. I'll even go as far as to say that your life depends on this battle. This is not just one of those wars that you fight and you wake up one morning and it'll all be over. This will be something that happens until that trumpet blows. But the beautiful thing about this war, if you read further along in the book, you know this, that we win. See, see, I know that you're like, the suffering of this present time, listen to me, cannot be compared to the glory that shall be revealed. But let me go back. The suffering of this present time, he promises you suffering. He promises you hard times. He promises you a valley of the shadow of death, but he also promises you, don't fear no evil, why? <laughs> He'll be with you, that rod and that staff will comfort you. He promises you people disliking you, but he promises you also that he'll make a table in the presence of your enemies. Isn't it challenging and isn't it funny that we believe more in the promises of the negative thing than in the positive thing? We feel like when we, our body gets racking with pain and our money is, begins to be afflicted, we forgot that he says that he'll never leave us neither. Will you forsake us? If I had a title for this, this is called, I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. You know, I played baseball for a long time and I played third base. And if you know anything about third base, nothing slow comes down that line. Nope. Not a foul. Nothing, nothing slow comes that direction. In one particular day, I'm just playing and um, the game was going pretty slow. All the balls seemed to be going in the outfield that day. But they tell you when you play third base that you always have to pay attention. So this particular time, I was just drifting off. This was before they had medicine for ADD, right? This is before it actually had a name or letters. And I was drifting off. And all of a sudden, you hear the sound off the bat. Not the, not the inside of the bat, but the fat part of the bat. And I didn't look over in time. And before I knew it, it hit me right in my temple. Yeah. I was out like a light. But it was because I didn't stay ready. I wasn't paying attention because I figured everybody else is getting the ball, not me. I'm okay this game. Because sometimes it just happens that way. You go play games and you just, it doesn't come your direction. But at some point, I'm telling you, it's coming in your direction. Here's what I'm saying to you. It's, it's a few kind of people. Either you just came out of a storm, you're in the middle of a storm, 
or you're about to go in it. Let me say it again. If you just came out, you're in the middle, or you're about to go in it, but can I tell you, you are one of those three. And if you just came out, guess what? You're getting ready to go back in sooner or later. But I need you to be prepared and, and gird up because you know just as fast as you go into the storm, he's sure to bring you out. He is the fourth man. He is the fourth man in the fire, but don't forget, the fire is coming. I want to encourage you. Be excited because you're about to get burned. <laughs> you know, I can laugh about this because I'm in a fire, but I'm like, what the heck? Why can't I just talk about it now? You know, it's like, well, maybe I shouldn't talk about it. Maybe I shouldn't preach on it. Why? It's happening to you. I am trying to get you in a position, us as a church, to prepare us for the greater that God is coming to us. But listen to this. The greater responsibility, the greater harvest, the more, the more weight. The more intense. In every war, I want to urge you and let you know something has to die. What is he trying to kill off in your life? Yeah, this one got a little weight to it this morning. That's why I started off with a couple of jokes. What is he after in your life? Your time, your money, your affection, your attention, your heart. What, what is he coming after? Because I tell you, just because you're in a storm and you're like, God, he's not speaking. I can't hear him. I feel like I'm all by myself. I feel like he's nowhere to be found. But can I tell you, even in his silence, this is the loudest he will speak to you. Because in everything that's happening in your life, it's a summoning for you to come closer. <laughs> if there's a storm, what do you do? You don't run out and play in the storm, do you? Oh my God, it's lightning. I want to. What do you do? You go in the house. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Everything that's happening in your life right now is an invitation for you to come closer to him. Everybody say invitation. He's inviting us to come closer. You didn't see it coming. My old pastor used to tell me like this, being a disciple, not a Christian, there's a difference. Being a disciple is going to cost you something. Not being a Christian. There's a whole lot of Christians. There's a whole lot of people who say, I love God. I love God. There's a lot of gods in this world. I love Jesus. But here's another thing. There's a whole lot of people say, well, I serve him, but is he the Lord of your life? What does that mean? Does he tell you what to do? Does he tell you where to go? Does he tell you where to connect with? Because when he's Lord, you don't get to make any more decisions. Yeah. When he becomes master of your life, you lean not to your own understanding. It's going to cost you something. I'll go as far as to say this. There is a target on your head. The moment you say yes to Jesus, the moment they, they're looking for you. Because they want to see, are you really committed to Christ? Are you really a Christ follower? At the moment something happens in your life, it's like, I can't do this anymore. I signed up to be a Christian and things just seem like it's gotten worse. I was better off when I was a sinner. Maybe I was the only one that said that when I first got a Christian. It's like the moment you sign up to be a Christian, it's like all hell breaks loose. Now this ain't how it's supposed to be. I said yes to Jesus. I'm supposed to get the car. I'm supposed to get the woman. I'm supposed to get the man. My bank account is supposed to be overflowing. I paid my tithes one time. I'm supposed to have more than enough now. I given in a special offering. I'm supposed to have a barn full of money now. What is happening? 
And instead, you pay your tithes the first time, it seems like you have no money. It seems like, wait a minute, I thought you said you would rebuke the devourer for my name's sake. Can I tell you, this is not a one-time deal. <laughs> He's looking for faithfulness. If I can get this to my young people, if I can get to my students, if I can get it. Before you get 20, you can understand this principle. He's not after you just doing it one time to change your life. He's looking for a lifestyle of being a generous giver. How do I know I'm in warfare? A couple ways, five ways to be exact. Sudden or extreme onslaught of various troubles. Losses. Trials. You didn't see that coming. You didn't know that you were going to go to work one day and that was going to be the last day you were at work that day. You didn't know that when you were going to get home, your spouse was going to tell you he or she didn't want to be with you anymore. You didn't know that they were going to come and get your car. Well, you knew at some point if you didn't pay your car note, they were going to come get you. You didn't know what day. <laughs> it's telling you here that at some point you got to know that he has something with your name on it. They used to have a song that says God's got a blessing with your name on it. But can I tell you, the enemy got something with your name on it too. He has something with your name on him. Number two, attacks, physical danger, illness, life-threatening losses. Number three, increased temptation. Here it is. Sometimes the enemy is trying to lure you away from being a Christian. You're being drawn away by your own lust. When people talk about that text, they think it's just sexual stuff. But, but you've been drawn away by your lust of money. You'll do anything for it. You'll take any promotion for it. Every promotion is not from God. Let me say it again. Every promotion is not from God. Hey, guess what? I got, I'm, they offer me a promotion. And my next question, should you take it? You know, they have this saying that all money, not good money. Because with every promotion comes more responsibilities and you already not coming to church like you should. <laughs> I told you this is going to be a good one. And you got two weeks with me. I'm coming back for the second part next week. So here it is. Feeling of being overwhelmed. Anybody ever felt overwhelmed? Just, just overwhelmed. Come on, raise your hand. We got to be honest about where we are. Overwhelming despair, darkness, fear. Anybody been gripped with fear before? Or currently just like, oh, where does this come from? I don't know. You can't make a decision. The anxiety is like, oh my God, I don't know if I should go to Whataburger or Chick-fil-A. I don't know what, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know if I should marry her or marry him. I don't know if I should date her or date him. I don't know if I should take this. I'm just so nervous. I don't know what to do. How about you acknowledge God? How about you ask God, God, what would you have me to do? Here it is. I feel this is a strong one. Number five, deep confusion he'll hit you with. Deep confusion. Feeling of condemnation and guilt. He'll try to bring stuff. <clears throat> I thought I got rid of that feeling. Oh, I can't believe he's trying to bring that thought up in my mind again. I can't believe he's trying to bring those old addictions to me again. Dull, this is the big one right here. Dull spiritual awareness. Yeah. You don't know what's God no more. You don't know. You don't know if he came and, and, and sat on your dining room table. God, is that you? If he comes to you and says, I have nothing but good things for you, honey. God, is that you? 
You know the devil not going to tell you he got good things for you. God, is that you? You know, that's so weird because we question the truth because we've been living a lie so long. We've been partnering with lie after lie after lie that when the truth of the gospel comes, you think the truth is a lie. Ephesians chapter 6, let's jump into it. We are knowing. Chapter 6, 10 through 18. It's reading for the EIV, I mean, uh, ESV. I love how it starts. Finally. Everybody say finally. Everybody say finally. Like you're talking to your kid and they actually clean up the kitchen. Say finally. Yeah. I'm giving you that word because I don't know if that's what you say. But we'll land there. Finally be strong in the Lord and in the mighty power. Verse 11. Put on the form of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. There are schemes. Number 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces and of evil in the heavenly realms. 13, therefore put on the forearm of God so that when the day of evil comes, listen to me, when the day of evil comes, let me say it again so you understand what I'm saying. When is the operative word, that means it's, it's coming. When the day of evil comes, watch this, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And when your feet, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Last verse, 18. And listen to this, and pray in the spirit on all occasions. Not some occasions. Pray in the spirit in all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Remember, I talked about spiritual dullness. He's coming to make your spiritual awareness really dull so you can't be alert to what he's doing. Be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. Why? Because we think that we're the only ones that are going through warfare. That's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to isolate and say, oh, it's just me. Nobody understand. Nobody understand. I'm all by myself. And, and you really get like that when you don't come to church. Don't forsake to assemble yourselves together. But the people of God, as some do. Why? Because we've all either have gone through something that somebody else is going through or one or the other. But we need each other. But the, end of the scheme of the enemy is to pick you apart. His scheme is to make you offended at somebody in the church and say, I have church hurt now. Now I'm leaving. I'm offended. You know what happens when you're in an offense? You build a fence. Nobody can get in and you can't. I'm offended. Offended, offended is one of the greatest schemes of the enemy. Being offended, they hurt me. They hurt me. They know what they did. I can't believe they talked to me like that. And that pastor, oh my God. And that church, I can't believe that. 
What can you believe? It's so easy for you to be offended, but why is it hard for you to operate in Matthew 18? Go to your brother and sister in love. It's almost easier to carry the offense than to fix the problem. I want to be offended. I like it. I like how it feels. I'm justified that I'm mad. <laughs> but at the end of the day, the longer you stay in that state of mind, the enemy's winning. Yeah, the enemy's continually to come after you. And when you are open and when you're not vigilant, he's not just coming after you. He's coming after your territory. He's coming after your children because you cannot protect your children when you are living in offense. You make silly decisions out of a place of offense. He said, that's why he says, finally, it's about time. It's about time that you're ready to fight at this point. You ever get to a place, you just get sick and tired? I don't, I don't, I'm, you, people can bother you and you be like, okay, that's fine, no problem, no problem. Oh, they keep doing that, so that's okay. But it's that one day that the whole thing just tips over. The whole thing just, you just, <laughs> you go to work, you're flipping tables, nobody say nothing to me today. They probably didn't have anything to do with it. But the wrong, the right, the wrong person come at the right time, say, get out of my face. I don't want to talk to you. Leave me alone. Why are you looking at me like that? Why are you just everything just But you're it's misdirected energy. You let the devil do what he wants to you every day of the week. And you think coming one day a week is gonna solve your problem. No. God is looking for faithfulness. Everybody say faithfulness. He's looking for your faithfulness. Not faithfulness to a building, but faithfulness to a person of Jesus Christ. Finally, be strong in the Lord. Put on the full armor of God. That's why it says, let this mind be in you who is also in Christ Jesus. You've heard pastors say it. I didn't even know, but you got to change your thinking. You heard it. Thinking. Think about what you're thinking about. And if you don't know what you're thinking about, shut up. Because if you don't know what you're thinking about, what you know, what you know, what you don't know you're thinking about is going to come out of your mouth. Shut up. Because your life is a sum total of your thoughts. And if you don't like what you've been saying, change what you've been saying. The biggest part of warfare, if he can get you to speak it out of your mouth. That's next week. Me and my big mouth. That's next week. I'm jumping too far. Slow down. Pray. Be vigilant against the spirit. Listen, the problem is not your daughter. The problem is the enemy. The problem is not your boss. The problem is the enemy. The problem is not your marriage. The problem is the enemy. The problem is not your money. The problem is the enemy. And when you start addressing things as what it's supposed to be, you keep talking to your daughter. God, I don't know why you do this. You ain't going to be nothing. You this, you this. I can't believe you're doing this. I can't believe you're doing this. What my mother used to do, I would come home after a long night out and I would find my pillow to be soaking wet. And I'm like, why is my pillow like this? But if I lean a little bit closer, this is what was on my pillow. 
You young parents, you know what this is? This blessed oil. Come on, this ain't cooking oil today. This blessed oil. My mother, my grandmother used to pray, Holy Ghost, I thank you right that you saved this crazy boy, that you healed this crazy boy, that you don't let this crazy boy grow up and be this, this, but you let the power of the Holy Ghost to be on him, that you lead him and guide him to all truth, that he would be a man of God, that there would be no more in him, but it's the Christ that lives in him, and that he will lead people to Christ. And they were saying this when I was far from God, but look at me now. You want to know how to fight? You got to know what weapons to use. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God with the pulling down of strongholds. What, why would you have to pull down strongholds? Because the strongholds are coming in here. In here. Have you ever had a battle in your mind before? Show hands. Don't lie, you're in church. You ever have a battle in your mind where you just couldn't seem to get victory? And you just kept falling to the same thought pattern? That's the spirit of confusion. We know that God is not the author of confusion, right? But it's almost we would prefer to be confused and stay in the same state than to go into new territory. Here's the thing. Spiritual conflict. Spiritual conflicts most occur when we advance into new territory that is inhabited by spirits. Let me say that again. Church, I would like to make this submission. That we as a church have gotten into a place where we've never been before. Let me say it again. We as a church have launched into a place that we've never been in before. And it has been inhabited by spiritual wickedness in high places. It has been inhabited by dark authorities that are not of this world. But can I tell you something? The kingdom of God just stepped into a new place. So now the enemy is frustrated. He's messing with your marriage. He's messing with your money. If he's messing with the big man, he's definitely coming for you. It's a new territory we in. We praying on Mondays. I don't want to go to prayer. I can watch online. I don't want to go to prayer. I can lay in my bed and pray. I don't have to be there. I don't want to go. I just got off work. You ride by the church to get home. I'll go next week. Next week comes. Oh, God. My body's just, I don't know what's going on with my arm. Oh, my arm. Online, I'm not talking to you. This is, I am. My arm. Oh, I don't. My kids. I don't know what's going on. I just, I just need to go rest. You'll never get any rest. You know why? Because you're running from yourself. <laughs> you know the, the the thing about warfare is, if there is a trap in warfare, that we can spend too much time talking about the devil. All of our focus to start going, what, what he's doing. I can't believe he's doing that. I can't believe he's doing this. I can't believe he's doing it. And guess what? The more we talk about it, the more glory we give him. The more we exalt him, the more we lift him up, the more we give him a seat in our heart. But you see, it's the whole idea and warfare the, that the God of this world, and the, the kingdom of God, they're fighting for position in your heart. Here's my question. Who is sitting on the throne of your heart? 
because the whole time they're fighting for a seat. No, this is my seat. Shotgun. No, I'm in the front. No, I'm this. I'm that. Ultimately, that is what is happening. This land, this space, this new spiritual territory we're in has been inhabited by spirits much like Jonah's promised land experience. Joshua's. Or Nehemiah's rebuilding of the walls. The enemy defends his territory when we are pushing forward. Everybody say pushing forward. Everybody say pushing forward. When we are pushing forward into the new land, here it is. Most Christians are completely unaware that these real spirit wars even exist. We're unaware, so they retreat at the first sign of conflict. This is too much. I didn't sign up for this. Actually, check, check, read it, re, reread it. You did. You signed up to die. You remember Stephen? <laughs> Stephen signed up to die. The moment you say yes to God is the moment you say yes to death. Here, here's the beautiful part. He already died the death that we no longer have to die. That was the hard part. Now, you just got to fast a little bit. Oh my God. You mean I can't eat? I can't. I, I can't. How, I, I, how about I? Okay, I'm, you know, I'm new to fasting. Maybe I can eat all day and just not eat when I sleep. I think that works. I can do that. It is going to take a holy aggravation, a holy frustration to be able to see the goodness of God in the land of living like he promised us to have. He said most Christians retreat after the first sign of conflict, failing to recognize the true source of the battle. The problem and the reason we lose most of our battles is because we fight them on our own. The song is like, this is not how, this is how I fight my battle. We don't fight them like this. We fight them like this. Amen. When we sing how great is our God, do you know what that does to the enemy? Do you know the level of frustration that the enemy is walking in when you're not even looking him, looking at him, but you're looking to the author and finisher of our faith and we're saying, how great is our God? Sing with me, how great is our God? You are the name above all names. You are worthy to be praised. And my heart will sing. Oh, I'm going through the worst time of my life. My money is stricken. My body is in trouble. My marriage is all messed up. But my heart will sing, how great is our God? I don't care what's going on in my life. My heart will sing, how great is thy God, I've been given a diagnosis. How great is our God? Sing with me. How great. I've been given a, a, a pink slip of my job. Sing with me. How great is our God? I don't know what's going on. I don't know if I'm going to outlive this. I don't know if, if I'm going to have enough money to pay for my bills. And my heart will sing. How great is our God? Tears in your eyes, how great is our God. Sing with me, how great. Sometimes you have to sing something that you don't technically feel in the moment. And my heart will sing, how great is our God. Can I tell you, if you're experiencing warfare, keep going. 
If you're experiencing the tension of the two worlds, keep pressing. Because the squeezing is not to kill you, but it's to find out what do you actually have inside of you. God is not trying to squeeze you and kill your person. He's trying to see, do you have the oil on the inside of you? Because he is about producing oil. And the more he squeezes you, the more you know what was actually inside of you. Ah, I'm tired of him squeezing me. Ah. Guess what? He's not going to say, oh, let me ease up. Nope. Because at some point, when he squeezes you, eventually you're going to go, oh, I can't believe it. I don't want to do this anymore. Keep squeezing. Oh, you always miss with my money. That's why I don't tithe anyway. This is my last little bit of money. But at some point, you're going to squeeze, and one day, something's going to hit you. He's going to say, many of the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord delivered him out. All of them all. At some point, you're going to keep squeezing, and he's going to squeeze him, and he's going to say, though they slay me, yet will I trust him. He's after your confession. He's after the words of your mouth. He's after the intent of your heart. The more they squeeze you and say, yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Oh, God. At some point, and you don't even know when it changes, all of a sudden, the prayer nights start to add up in your spirit. You just keep coming, and all of a sudden, that thing just starts welling rivers of living water. And all of a sudden, that tithing that you've been doing, that nonstop giving you've been doing, though you haven't had it every time, but you've been sowing, and you've been sowing. But at some point, God is going to say, I'm getting ready to restore everything that the enemy has stolen from you, and you're going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. That doesn't mean the war is over. That just means it's about to get hotter. You just came out, you're in the middle, or you're about to go in. But he's looking to see at the end of the age, because people, I tell you something, when that trumpet sounds, I pray you hear it. You know, I talk to my mom on the phone sometime, and, <laughs> and we'll FaceTime. You know, sometimes it depends on the internet connection. It's like, wait, where is she? And I'm like, wait, did I miss it? It's like she just disappeared. And I'm like, Ma, oh, well, hello, hello. And it's like she's not there at all. And I'm like, holy cow, I missed the whole thing. Because if your mama gone, you just figure you in trouble. You just figure your mama automatically going to heaven and you just missed the whole show. I want to encourage you with these things in my closing. Number one, don't be afraid, but instead remember the Lord. When you're going through the fiery darts of the wicked, and when you're going through the dark times of your life, I don't want you to be afraid, but I want you to remember the Lord. Nehemiah 4, 14. When I saw the fear, I rose and spoke to the nobles and the officials of the rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Can I ask you a question? Has the Lord been great and awesome to anybody? So when you go into diverse temptation and you're going through a tough spot, remember those times that you're saying, woo, yeah. Remember those times you said, God, I, I don't know if you're going to get me through this. And remember, he got you through it. 
All of those things are building up a reservoir of faithfulness to God. So when you hit the next part, part in your life, you can remember and say, I remember you did it before. And if you did it before, you can, you can do it again. Number two, remember the testimonies of your life. Man, God has been faithful throughout the ages. Him throughout the ages, throughout the generations. Thy weapons of warfare. Fill yourself with faith by holding on to testimonies from other people's lives too. Revelations 19.10 says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Meaning if God's done it before, he Yeah. Yeah, when you're going through, just, I remember. I remember, great is thy faithfulness. Morning after morning, great is thy faithfulness. New mercies that I see, all that I have need of, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness. That's called a hymn. For those that don't know. Great is thy faithfulness. Number three, remember that the work that you are currently doing is of God. Remember, Nehemiah 6 and 3 says, so I sent messages to them with this reply. I'm carrying on a great project and not, and I cannot come down. I cannot come down. The enemy is after you and he wants you to come down. He's that, listen, he honestly, he doesn't really care about you. He cares about your territory. Because after he's done with you, he's going to go to the next thing. He's going to go to the next person. Everybody's in this room lives in Tallahassee or somewhere in Georgia. And church, listen, he's coming after you. And if he cannot get you, he's going to go to the person right next to you. Why? Because he's after the area. He's after the region. But can we serve notice to the enemy today? This region belongs to God. This place belongs to God. This ground belongs to God. This area belongs to God. This city belongs to God. This church belongs to God. And if I understand right, if I understand this thing right, then we all are soldiers. I used to sing a song. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. See, I know y'all don't. I'm a soldier in the army. And it says, I got my war clothes on in the army of the Lord. In the army. You enlisted? Can I tell you? There's no backing out. The only way you get out of here, listen to me, is you die out of here. And the greatest day we'll ever see is the day when we get there. I'm not scared to hear that trumpet blow. And listen, can I tell you, I'm not scared to die. This is how I want to end this thing. I am not scared to die. I'd have been in prison in some of the remote, remote posts, remote post parts of the world. God's held to my head for the gospel. But I have a conviction that for God I live and for God I die. I'm asking you. At some point, this third world thing is finding its way into America. The story, I think it was in a movie theater in Oregon. The guy came in the movie theater and he just started asking people, are you a Christian? So put yourself in this position. This is a movie theater. Say a guy comes in from the back. And he comes up here, and I just so happen to be the guy. And he says, are you a Christian? I say, yes, I'm a Christian. He shoots and kills me. So now, you guys are faced, because you know what's happening at this point. 
So now in your mind, you're like, well, am I a Christian today? Am I atheist? I'm seven day Adventist. I'm Scientology today, baby. Nope. Uh-uh. Nope. I'll get back with him tomorrow. If Peter can do it, I can do it. If he can deny him, I'm going to do it today and I'll be okay tomorrow. What you're talking about spiritual warfare, Tom, you can come on up. You're talking about spiritual warfare? We ain't even seen nothing. Nothing. But I'm asking you today. You're one of these people. Either you're in one, you came out of one, or you're in the middle of one. Maybe you've been in spiritual warfare. Pastor talked about this, about alcoholism. I know it's real. I know it exists. Maybe you have been living in the spirit of pornography. And guess what? Can I tell you? It's not that you even want to do it. Can I be honest? It's not that you even want to do it. You're like, I don't even want to do it. I don't even want to touch it. I don't even want something is calling you. And every time you get close to a computer or your phone, it's like, you know, and you almost cry even after you watch it because you don't want to do it. But I'm telling you, you're in a spiritual war. Alcoholism, you're struggling. You don't want to drink anymore. If you're watching this online, you don't want to drink anymore. You don't. You don't want to live that life of promiscuity anymore. You're a Christian and you're struggling. You're skimming off the top of your tithe. You're, you're struggling in your dreams and you're struggling in your confusion. And you feel like you're in a you're being squashed to death. But can I tell you, this is the fight of your life. And if you understand that the war we're living in, the war that we're up against, and you understand that the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, and you have everything you need to fight against the wiles of the enemy, can I tell you, you're gonna win this thing. I want to encourage you, you're gonna win this thing. I want to say it again. You're going to win this thing. Where you are is not where you're going to stay. What you're living in is not how you're going to die. The season you're in is not going to kill you, but it's going to make you stronger. Your body is not going to always respond that way. Your body is going to get better. Your finances will get better. Your relationships will get better. Things will get better. Your daughter will know and come to the Lord. Your son will know and come to the Lord. Your son will do mighty exploits in the kingdom of God. All things are going to work together. You won't always be without a job. You won't always be in the middle. You won't have to always drive that car you're gonna all you're not gonna always be where you are but i'm telling you where you are is where you need to be right now and you need to begin to fight the fight of your life we're in the territory now we've taken territory we know not of but there's spirits and there's wars and there's rumors of wars and authorities and spirits that are fighting Maybe you're here today. And I want to make several calls. I want to make several calls. But as I'm talking, I want you to begin to figure out where you are in this battle. Because we're all in one. And can I tell you, if you're a part of this house, I know you're in one. Because as a house, we're moving this way. If you're a part of this house, just like you will receive the blessing as it comes from the top down, you're going to receive the same thing as it... I'm asking you. Maybe you're in here today. <clears throat> this is a church where judgment is not a thing. We don't have fingers to point at you like this, but we have fingers to point at you like this. <laughs> I'm here to tell you that God's not mad at you, but he is mad about you. 
and that he has a phenomenal plan for your life. But today, I've exposed some of the plans and the wiles of the enemy, and I'm exposing these things to let you know that God is mindful of you. Maybe you're out there today and you say, you know what? I struggle with alcoholism. Listen, I need you to hear me. If you're online, please hear me. That God is not talking about it just to talk about it. He's talking about it because he wants to do something about it. And I want to challenge you. There's no shame here. There's no shame here. And if you say, you know what, Pat, I, I'm struggling with that. I do it, but I don't want to do it, and I want to break this habit. I want you with all the courage you have, and you understand that we're in the middle of a war. I want you to do something for me, not just for me, for yourself, for the kingdom. And I want you to slap the devil square in the face and let him know that you're not going to hold me by this. If you're here and you say, you know, I want to kick this, then I'm ready to move forward in my life, and I want to shake this. I want you to do something. I want you to get out of your seat, and I want you to come right here. It doesn't work. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what's going on. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I don't care where you are. I don't care what position you hold. We're waiting. We have time. I there's no shame. When you get here, just close your eyes. And... Nobody's looking. Nobody's saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Nobody's saying, this is one of those things that God is saying. I'm getting ready to do a work in your life. Ugh. Now this is what I want you to do in the midst of this warfare, with your eyes closed, with the, in the midst of this warfare. I want you to, I don't want you to focus on why you're here. I want you to focus on how much he loves you. <laughs> I want you to know that he loves you and that he's insanely mad in love with you. And just begin to wrestle with this in your heart. Maybe you're out there today. I'm telling you, this is this is this is this is warfare. Maybe you would been dealing with the spirit of depression. Listen to me very clearly. Please listen to me very clearly. He is after your mind being the enemy. He is after your mind. He's after your emotions. He's after all of that. And if he can get you confused in your mind, he can get other parts of you. And you say, I don't want this depression anymore. And I'm ready to lay it down. You come right on this side right here. You come right on this side. I don't want to take another pill. I don't want to take another doctor's visit. I don't want to. I'm tired of doing it. I'm ready to. I'm ready to walk into the fullness of what God has for me. And if that's you, I just want you to come on this side. There's no shame in this thing. There's no shame here. 
shame here. I believe. It's not about behavior modification. This is not what this is. This is us being having an invitation to come closer to Jesus. He says, come unto me all that are heavy and of heavy laden. I will give you, I'll give you rest. He take my yoke upon me and learn of me. Like, he's not just trying to take something from you. He's trying to get everything to you. Maybe you're out there today. You like pastor those weren't the things that I've been dealing with but I've been dealing with some things and I know either my body my mind my finances my family something and if you can contest with anything in this sermon that you are smack in the middle of a spiritual warfare this is what I want you to do I want you to make your way up here wherever you are in this room I want you to find the space Because that's us as a church, we're going into new spaces. And I want to make this disclaimer to you. Religion will not beat spiritual warfare. Let me go another step further. You are the worst spiritual warfare if you are a religious person. Because <laughs> you think your acts and your rituals and all these things are going to get you there. No, that is not it. Jesus fulfilled those laws already. And if you're up here, just close your eyes and lift your hands as high as you can. You know why you're up here. You know that depression. You know that alcoholism. Come on. I don't want you to play with it. I don't want you. I'm talking about now. It's time to go after it. You can't hold this over my head anymore. You can't hold these thoughts over my head anymore. You can't hold my past over my head anymore. Father, I want to pray first for those that have come and that were brave enough to say, I've been dealing with this alcoholism. Father, I pray right now that you overwhelm them right here. Feel this. Overwhelm them with your love right now. Let them know how much you love them. Let them know how much you care for them. That alcoholism is just the fruit of something else that, Father, you get to their heart. <laughs> Father, I pray right now that you begin to touch the deep places in our hearts. Father, I pray that you go to the why of the reasoning in which they do with it. Father, I thank you for the freedom 
of the Holy Spirit. I declare now that that is broken off of your life in Jesus name father I pray right now that you just begin to remove that taste that you do a supernatural work in their lives right now in Jesus name that you do a supernatural work right now in Jesus name father I thank you for those that are here for depression come on just begin to pray out of your hearts right now just begin to pray out there. Every person that's up here, if you're out there and maybe you don't have anything right now, just begin to intercede for those that are up here. Just begin to pray because this is not easy. It takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of courage. So, Father, right now, I break the back of depression in the name of Jesus. All depression, every negative thought, whoa, every negative thought in Jesus' name. Every thought of darkness in Jesus' name. You are good enough. You are important. You do mean something. You do matter. There is good in you. God is going to use you. The works of the enemy will not prevail over you. I thank you that every good thought, of every good thought, every good thought, you're in his mind. You're in his thought, Father. I thank you right now in Jesus' name. Oh. Every suicidal thought, we break that off in Jesus' name. Yeah. Father, that he will experience a strong love that he's never felt from you. Holy Spirit, touch him. Yeah, right there. Holy Spirit, touch him. More. More, Lord. You're valuable. You're exceptional. You matter. <laughs> Woo! Every negative word that was ever spoken over you, we release that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Stay right there, bro. In G freedom. Freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' name. Hey, church, if you're there, just extend your hands to them. Those that are sitting out there, just extend your hands. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' name. Yeah. Uh-huh. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm talking about you are a child. I declare that every negative word be broken in Jesus' name. Oh, Father, I thank you right now that you overwhelm this woman of God with so much. Oh, I speak the joy of the Lord on you. Yeah, he said you need joy more, more, more joy, more joy, more joy, more joy, peace, more peace, joy, joy in the Holy Ghost, joy in the Holy Ghost. Everything that the enemy has come to steal from you in your personality, in your mental state, come on, in this even made manifestations in your body. I declare that that enemy be broken now in Jesus name yeah in Jesus name uh-huh freedom in Jesus name freedom in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
name. Hey guys, before we get out of here, I know we're a little bit over time, but the presence of God is here. Just keep your hands up and we're gonna, we're gonna go, we're gonna go. Because I realize now that, lift your hands all over here. And just ask right now, ask the Holy Spirit, close your eyes, ask the Holy Spirit to touch you. Ask the Holy Spirit to touch you. Ask Him, ask Him to touch you. There's somebody here, and I'm gonna say this because it's just what it is, but I'm telling you, this is a church. We don't have a finger pointed at you in a bad way. Pastor talked about it earlier and I felt it ironic because I felt the same way. But you struggle with por uh, pornography addiction. Listen to me. What I've learned about this spirit is that it's introduced, it introduces itself to you before you're even able to understand what it is. Some of you have been exposed to it as children. You just, you don't know what to do. The Bible talks about, don't awaken that type of passion before it's time. I don't care who you are. Listen to me. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you are. I don't care if you watched it this morning. I don't care if you watched it last night. I don't care. But today, the Lord wants to set you free because your testimony will be powerful. Hey, if you've been watching online and if you've been on there and you say, hey, I've been dealing with alcohol or I've been dealing with depression, I want you to type that in the comments and we want to pray for you and we want to partner with you in prayer. But if you're in this room right now, I want you to make a bold declaration and say, you know what, Pastor? I've been struggling with that porn thing. I don't want it and I want freedom from it. Somebody said, well, it's, it's too much for a Sunday morning. No, this is just enough. This is not enough. There's more. And if you're here, you say, Pastor, I want to be free from that addiction. I want you to with all the bravery you can. Just wave your hand at me. Wave your hand. Wait, wave it high. I see that hand. Wave, just wave, because people have their hands up, but I want you to wave. Come here. Father, I pray. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Hey, Tom, can you just give me some pads? Right now, in the name of Jesus. Lift your hands, church. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.